Jesus. Thank you that you are our everything. You are our all in all. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, are you all happy in the house today? Glory to God. Such powerful worship, wonderful music presented unto Him. And now we're going to get into the Word of God. Stay happy. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. No, we are excited about the Word. I'm always delighted to be able to share with you. And uh, Pastor and I both felt it was good for me to share this Sunday. And I am going to continue in his series. What You know what his series is? Anybody remember? Forward. And I can spell. And I know that I have more than a great education. Yeah, anyway, I can spell. And I know that W is our next letter. But I want to talk about A. So we're skipping W. You'll have to come back next week and hear about the letter W. And so for the letter A today, we're going to talk about anticipate. Anticipate. So you know me, I like to look up definitions. So I looked up definition of anticipate and one of the words was expect. So that was like, okay, that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about what are you expecting? We're still in the month of January. A lot of people are resetting and they're thinking about their goals and their vision and all of that for the new year. So I'm going to ask you again, what are you expecting for this year? Are you expecting the good, the bad, and the ugly? No, (laughs) we may have a little bit of all of that, but we are expecting the good. We're expecting things to change. We're expecting God to show up and to show out in unusual and unlikely ways. How many of you are expecting divine intervention? Supernatural help if needed. Hallelujah. So before we get into the positive expectation that all of us have, I want to just talk about just for a few moments about how, um, how wrong it is and how it can uh, get us off course to have a negative expectation. And there are, there are people that that's what their expectation is. They're always expecting something bad to happen. They're always expecting to fail in life. They're always expecting that, you know, they're going to be rejected or they're expecting that they're not going to have enough money to pay their bills. Or every time their phone rings, they're like, It's going to be bad news. Well, this type of expectation is always accompanied with fear. And fear opens the door to the enemy. And as I was praying about this message, I was reminded, and I know all of us have heard of, a guy in the Bible by the name of Job. You know, J-O-B, Job, whatever. But we pronounce it Job. I don't think his name was Job. Job. And religion will blame God for what happened to Job. I've heard from people, you can go to remote places in the world and they've heard just a little bit about Christianity. And someone will start talking about it's God's will to heal. It's God's will to bless and to prosper. And the question will come up, but what about Job? 
What about Job? Because religion wants to magnify the tragedies that happen to Job. And they were horrible. But we can see in the Word of God that there really was an open door in Job's life for these things to happen. And we're not going to have any open doors in our life. We're not going to expect gloom, despair, and agony on in. But we can see in the Word of God, Job chapter 3, verse 25, out of the NLT, it says, Job said this, What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come. So somewhere in his heart, he must, or in his mind, he must have had these thoughts of, I'm going to lose it all, or I'm going to get sick, or, or he definitely had this thought. He had this thought that something bad was going to happen to his children. And we can see this in Job chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, and I want to read this out of the Holman translation. His sons, which he had five, used to take turns having banquets at their house, homes. They would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Doesn't sound like a good thing. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So as I was meditating upon this thing here, it just kept coming up in my heart that there was something going on with his kids. They apparently were wealthy. Of course they were wealthy because Job was. And who knows, maybe they were spoiled brats. And there's no mention in the Word of God of them ever working a day in their life or honoring God. Apparently, they were just party animals having banquets and feasting and eating and drinking on daddy's dime. You know, he was paying for all of this. And Job, because of their lifestyle, it says he was continually offering sacrifices on their behalf. It would appear that he was concerned that something bad was going to happen because of all the stuff that they were doing. And so he had a negative expectation that his kids were going to get in trouble or his kids were doing things they shouldn't be doing. And as I was reading that, it just came up in my heart that we as parents, we as grandparents, we're to be offering sacrifices on behalf of our children, our family, but the sacrifice that we offer is prayer. And we offer that prayer in faith. We don't come before the throne room wringing our hands, all worried, all upset. Dear God, what are those kids doing now? Who are they hanging out with now? I'm so concerned they're going to get in trouble. I'm so concerned they're going to do something bad. Now, obviously, the Holy Ghost will give you 
warnings. And he'll let you know if they're hanging out with somebody they shouldn't be hanging out with. He'll let you know if something, it, that the devil is laying a trap for them because they're out there living like they shouldn't be living. And when he does that, we don't fear it, we faith it. We rise up in authority and we take our God-given authority over the weapons that he's trying to form against our loved ones. We don't receive it. We take authority over it. We don't get in fear about it, though. Not expecting something bad to happen. Not praying. You know, I'm going to do a teaching on prayer, the different kinds of prayer. And I've studied, I've looked all throughout the Bible. There's not such a thing as a prayer of fear or a prayer of doubt and unbelief. And that's how some people come before the throne, just all worked up, just, ah, God, I just know, I just know something terrible is about to happen. No, if he's given you that alert in your heart, that's one thing. But if it's an alert from the Holy Ghost, it's not accompanied with fear. It's accompanied with authority and faith in the name of Jesus and the power of the blood of the Lamb. Amen? We're expecting good for our families. We're expecting God to show up. And to work in our lives and in their lives. We're expecting His promises to be fulfilled. If your children or grandchildren are not serving the Lord right now, we're expecting me and my household to be born again. We are expecting the seed of our womb to be blessed. Somebody might say, well, that's great. That's wonderful to hear that. But it ain't looking promising at the moment. Well, just declare this. I want you to say this. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the word, which is more real. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we are expecting. And in the in-between times, we've all had petitions that we've offered before the Lord concerning our family, concerning us, whatever. But from the time that we offer it until the time that we see the manifestation, sometimes it's a press to stay in faith. But we're going to do it. And when it, when it comes to loved ones, when you're in that time of standing by faith, you plead the blood of Jesus over them. And you declare that the angels of the Lord are encamped round about them. And the wicked one touches them not. You can extend your faith out to keep them protected until they come back into the family of God. Use the angels of the Lord. Now, many of you have heard our story. We have two sons and, and you know, John, obviously he wasn't perfect, but he did stay connected with the Lord. And I always say, and then there was James. And James, if you're watching today, we love James. 
And we love the testimony. You know, testimony. I heard this from Pastor Nancy. You can't have a testimony unless you have a test. Because the first four letters of... This is like a spelling bee today. First four letters of testimony are T-E-S-T. Test. So we had some years with James. And it was an opportunity to be in fear. I can remember some nights, even lying awake, if he wasn't at home or whatever, and you have this sense of dread that the phone's going to ring. And it's bad news. He's been arrested, or he was doing this, or doing that. You know, just these thoughts would bombard both of our minds and our soul. It was a press. But him coming back to God, and him getting his life right, And right on course. It wasn't instant. But praise the Lord. It happened. Hallelujah. Because God is faithful. And we stood upon the word. We weren't expecting his life to be snuffed out early. We weren't expecting him to die and go to hell. We were expecting God's plan and God's purpose to be fulfilled in his life. And I'm happy to report today he's a true man of God. He's a wonderful husband and yay, he's a father to our beautiful Eden, don't expect the worst out of your kids. No matter how much hell they may be putting you through, you expect heaven to show up. You expect the God of the turnaround. Hallelujah. To turn their lives around. He will do it. He is faithful. He watches over his word to Perform it. He's watching over your family to bring to pass His will and His plan. Hallelujah. I'm happy about it. So now we want to spend the rest of our time, we've already talked about it really some, on positive expectation. Say, that's me. And then this is what positive thing is. This is us. We, our expectancy about the future it's really, it's not in our, in our ability, but it's in God. Therefore, we have hope. Of course, we're people of faith. But we have to have hope that our future is bright. We have to have hope that God's hand is upon our nation, upon our land. And he's not done with America. We have hope in Him. Psalms 130, verse 5, out of the Amplified. I wait for the Lord. I expectantly wait. And in His Word, I do... Say it with me. We're not hoping in what the media is saying or what, you know, this is going... Somebody else says, we are hoping and trusting and relying upon God and His Word. A simple definition of hope is just this. Confident, favorable expectation. We have that. We're expecting good. Hallelujah. We're with outstretched necks. We ought to be looking and saying, whoop, something. 
nothing good is going to happen to me today. I'm expecting. I'm looking for it. Hallelujah. I'm looking for blessings to overtake me when I go to the grocery store, when I go to the mall, whatever. The blessings of the Lord are overtaking me. The good is coming my way. Glory to God. And use that and expect that in every area of life. It's about spiritual things, of course, but it's also about even natural things. He can, he cares about every aspect of our life. The other day, I was fixing to, and I did, go to the mall. I was down south watching the grandbabies, and, and I, I went to South Coast Plaza. It's a really nice mall. And before I went, the girls were in school. I said, okay, Lord, I'm expecting good th- deals to come my way. I'm expecting good sales to come my way. And look at this jacket. It's pretty good, right? 50% off. So what do I do? I have to text pastor and tell him how much money I saved. I got a 50% off deal. We don't talk about how much we spent, but how much we saved. Right? (laughs) That might be a word for some of you wives. It's a good thing to do instead of how much you spent. I saved 50%. It's a good deal. Anyway, we're expecting good. To come from us, to come from us, to come to us and from us, from our good, good Father. And we're not expecting it from people. Some folks, they have their eyes on people. They're expecting them to meet their need. They're expecting them to make them feel happy, feel fulfilled, feel loved. We can't expect a person to do only what God can do. In our lives. If you're married, of course you want need to be kind and nice and love your mate. But don't expect your mate to take the place, do God, in your heart. They can't. No person can. Psalm 62 5. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is where? From him. I love that. For my expectation is from him. Lord, we're looking to you and you alone. And we are expecting you to show up and show out in a big way in our lives. Now, the word expect literally means this. To look forward to with excitement. Are you excited about anything? Are you excited about what God's spoken to you concerning this year? Are you excited perhaps about an upcoming vacation or excited about a visit from a relative that you like? You're excited about that. Or maybe you're like I was this week. You're excited about a trip to see your grandkids. I love it when I go down to see the grandkids. And and, uh, Olivia was still, she wasn't in the car this time. But Lucy was in the car with her mom when they came to pick me up at the airport. And before they even got to me, she rode down the window and she's waving. 
Grammy. You know what that does to your heart? When they are excited to be with you, excited to see you. We ought to be excited to be with Jesus. We ought to be thrilled to be able to spend time with him. And this was kind of cute. Uh, Olivia, she's 14. Actually, yeah, she'll be 15 in April. So she's definitely in that teenage phase. And she loves Grammy. And we had a lot of wonderful time together. But uh, on Thursday, she'd had a real long day at school. She had pri- she's going to be in a play. So she got home like almost 6.30. I had dinner for her. She ate. And we were going to make cookies, Grammy's chocolate chip cookies. And so she looks at me. She's like, Graham i got to do homework, and I'm tired and all of this. And this is what she said, typical teenager. How about you and Lucy make the cookies and just bring me one when they're done? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) So Lucy and I are getting ready to make the cookies, and she said, Liv's not going to help. I said, no, honey, she's busy. She's a teenager. She needs her time. She needs her space. And I love what Lucy said. She's eight. She'll be nine in April. She said, oh, she's just going to be on her phone. (laughs) And then she said, when I'm a teenager, I'll never choose my device over spending time with my Grammy. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Then I'm like, let's get a piece of paper and write that down. <laughs> Sign it and date it. We'll see. But nonetheless, <laughs> wow, it blessed my heart enough to like, okay, what would you like besides cookie? You want some ice cream? You know, I'm just saying, anyhow, you love it when people are truly excited to spend time with you. And God loves it when we are expecting something good to happen in his presence. Just saying, Lord. And you know, it's not every time that we go and spend time with him that we're like, I've got my prayer list. I've got 25 things that I need to talk to you about. And that's great. That's wonderful. But don't you think he loves it when we're just saying, Lord, I'm just coming to spend time with you. I'm not expecting anything in return other than your blessing upon my life, your presence. I'm not asking you for anything right now. I'm here to worship you just because I want to, just because I love to be with you. Amen. We are expecting his goodness to show up in our lives. The psalmist David even said this. He said, I would have fainted unless I would have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That needs to be our attitude even about our nation right now. We need to be expecting the good. Don't faint. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get all discouraged by everything we might hear or see on the media. Keep our eyes on Him. Lord, I'm not going to faint. I'm expecting to see the goodness of the Lord in my nation, in the land of the living. And another thing about expectancy is that, you know, you don't always see it immediately. 
the thing you're expecting to come to pass. Is anybody in here today expecting something but it hadn't manifested yet? Oh, come on. More of you. Are you believing God for something but it hasn't manifested quite yet? When I think about that, I think about this illustration of a pregnant woman. What do they call a woman that is pregnant? She's what? She's expecting. What does an expectant woman do? She prepares. She gets ready. She gets the nursery ready. She starts buying baby clothes. And in this day, which I think is crazy, they plan this elaborate gender reveal. You've seen some of those that people have actually gotten hurt at. I mean, it's crazy the things people do to reveal the gender of their baby. But all of you women that at one time were pregnant, maybe, well, most likely in the first three months, you can't really see anything. I know when I was pregnant with John, I was excited to be pregnant with John. And back back in the day, women actually wore maternity clothes. They didn't wear tight T-shirts over this gigantic bump. Anyway. But I went... To Walmart, that's where I was at the time, went to Walmart, bought all of these maternity clothes that look like tents, and I'm just hoping and expecting that some at some point I could wear them. You, you really couldn't even tell I was pregnant, really, till like almost the sixth month. But in the eighth or the ninth month, it was revealed. <laughs> I'm walking around, see, I do have a bump. No one had to ask. I didn't have to tell anybody. I mean, for like the first six months, I have on these tent dresses, and I'm like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> really? But after a point, <clears throat> it's revealed for all to see. Amen? I've got a question for you. Are you pregnant with promise? You may not have any real evidence of it yet. In the natural, but something's growing on the inside. Something's working behind the scenes. And soon and very soon, it's going to be revealed for all to see. I use this illustration quite often, and I hopefully we have some new victims. I mean, some new people here, and you haven't heard it, but. We're over the fear of repetition. I have no fear. I'm going to repeat this wonderful illustration. Some of you have probably heard of the Chinese bamboo tree. This Chinese bamboo tree is very interesting. They plant the seed, and then they have to mark where they plant the seed because there will be no evidence that it's there. They have to keep watering it and watering it. Even up to four years, not even a sprout. They don't see anything, but they keep on watering it and watering it. Four years, 11 months, nothing. But then all of a sudden, some point in that fifth year, boom, the sprout comes up. And then it just keeps growing so rapidly that it literally grows 90 feet in six weeks. For four years, 11 months, and 28 days, nothing. But in the fifth year, it just shoots up 90 feet in six weeks' 
time. And you might say, well, why did it take it so long to grow? Oh, no, it was growing. It was growing the whole time underneath the ground where nobody could see it. The branch system was spreading out. The roots were going here. I mean the roots. Branches aren't under the ground. I do know that. The roots were spreading out and taking hold because that little seed knew how rapid that growth was going to be in the fifth year. And it had to have this strong root system to support that rapid growth. I submit to you today, some of you are at four years and 11 months and maybe 29 days. Something's about to spring up. Hallelujah. Woo! That manifestation is coming. Glory to God. And once you see the first blade of it, you start rejoicing. You start dancing. You start shouting. Because once that first blade comes up, woo! Rapid. Quick. Hallelujah. Does anybody receive that? But I do realize this. That oftentimes, the passage of time can cause our faith to be weakened or to wane and let our vision slip. Let go of what we're believing God for. Stay in that state of expectancy, regardless of what you see or don't see. Hallelujah. Another scripture in Psalms. You know, I love the book of Psalms. I love the Bible, but this, these scriptures are amazing. Psalms 27, verse 14, out of the Amplified. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. And let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect. The Lord. So, you know, I like to look up definitions. I thought stout, that's an interesting word. Stout means this strong of character, such as brave, bold, firm, determined. Ooh, I like that. Brave, bold, determined. Hallelujah. Let your heart be brave. Let your heart be strong. Let your heart be determined. Firmly fixed on the word of God. Standing on the promises. And refuse to be moved. Hallelujah. Some people say Christianity is just a crutch. I say Christianity is not for wimps. It requires being stout, being enduring. Hallelujah. There's going to be times that we have to endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're not going to be moved. We're going to keep our expectancy out there. Amen. And we're expecting suddenlies and expecting surprise us to overtake us. Another scripture. This one's in Proverbs 23, 18. Again, I'll the Amplify. For surely there is a latter end and a future. And I like this. And a reward. 
and your hope and your expectation shall not be cut off. We have a bright future in God. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Hallelujah. We have a bright future. We have a reward because our expectancy is in Him. And we won't be disappointed. There's been a lot of different words about 2024. And, you know, they're all good. They're all great. It's how God speaks to people. But I really believe one thing, and it happens a lot at the head of the year, that we can expect is for God to do a new thing. If we'll let Him do a new thing. We don't want the same old, same old. We want God to show up in a new, unusual Unlikely way. Now I'm fixing to close, but don't get excited. That could be a 10 minute deal in Oklahoma. Fixing doesn't, fixing means we're getting ready to get ready to do something. But anyway, (laughs) Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. I want to read this out of the good news translation. I love this. But the Lord says, don't cling to events of the past. Or dwell on what happened long ago. 19. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It is happening already. Woo! You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness. And I will give you streams of water there. Let's break this down just a little bit. Don't cling to the past. He said in verse 18. Don't dwell on what happened. Maybe even in 2023. You know the devil will beat you up. I've had to deal with that. You would have. You could have. You should have. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You wouldn't have. And all of this stuff. I have a word for you. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. It's hard to run forward looking backwards. Watch for the new thing that God wants to do in your life. And I love this. He said it's happening already. It might be like that Chinese bamboo tree. It's under the surface. You can't see it real clear yet, but you're going to see it soon. It's already beginning to happen. God is doing something new. It's His nature. It's His character to bring forth new things. Just think about when we got born again. What does 2 Corinthians 5, 17 say? Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is what? A new creation. A new creature. That's how our walk with him started. He didn't repair your spirit. He made it brand new. And that's just the beginning of our walk with him. His mercies are what? They're new every morning. Hallelujah. And every day we can wake up excited. We shouldn't be surprised or taken off guard when new things start happening in our life. Some people may feel stuck. Like it's the same old, 
Same old every day. You might remember that old movie, movie Joe versus the Volcano, every day. Going to work in that dark, dark dungeon down there. Hopefully none of you work in a dungeon. But anyway, same old, same old. Others may feel like I've been wandering aimlessly through life. I don't have any direction. But the last part of this verse here, I love that. I will make a road through the wilderness. The wilderness is mentioned in the Bible many times, but probably the most familiar account is the children of Israel. God supernaturally delivered them out of Egypt. But then they ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness, wandering around. Yes, God supernaturally provided for them there, but it was never His will or His plan to spend that long in the wilderness. It was only supposed to be a place that they had to pass through to get to the promised land. I looked this up last night. It said the entire trip from Egypt to the promised land should have taken only about two weeks. And yet they were there 40 years, wandering aimlessly, no direction, year after year, seeing the same thing. I don't know how big the wilderness was, but if you've been there 40 years, I'm sure several times you were like, oh man, there's that stupid rock that we passed last year. Oh, brother, there's that old dead, dry tree. Didn't we pass that last month? I mean, wandering aimlessly, seeing the same old wilderness scenery year after year. The word wilderness, I like looking things up. I thought this was so cool. One of the definitions for wilderness is a pathless area. No roads. You may feel like, That's your situation right now. That you're in the wilderness. You're wandering aimlessly with no direction on where to go next or what to do. But I want to tell you today, it's time to expect God to make a way in the wilderness. To create a road. A road signifies a way out. Hallelujah. If you're lost somewhere and you're wandering around and all of a sudden you see a road and you're like, I don't know where that road goes, but I'm taking it because I want out of this place. God is creating a way out of your situation. He promised us, Jesus said, He is the way maker. I will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Some of you need to get your expectancy high that God is going to do a new thing for me this year. Even if He has to create a road. That I have don't see right now. He is the way maker. Hallelujah. I think we should stand up right now and shout glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You are the way maker. Woo! You're bringing us out. Hallelujah. You're bringing us out into our wealthy place. 
You're bringing us out into our land of divine health and healing. You're bringing us out of mental torment into peace. Peace, peace, peace. Glory to God. We refuse to wander around the same place over and over and over and over again. We're getting unstuck today. <laughs> Woo! We're expecting a road. We're expecting a pathway. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I, wanna, I really do want to close with one, one more statement here. Like I said, I know many people have a lot of words about 2024. They're awesome. They're great. Open door. Whatever, more in 24. But um, I listened to someone by the name of Jeremy Pearson, who's Brother Kenneth Copeland's grandson. And I love this statement that the Lord gave him about this year. Resonated with me. If you will expect the uncommon and embrace the unusual, you will encounter the unimaginable. Isn't that good? If you will expect the uncommon and embrace the unusual, you will encounter the unimaginable. Hallelujah. So, Lord, today we purpose in our hearts to take the limits off of you. You've got ways. You've got means <laughs> of getting things to us that we have not imagined, but we choose, hallelujah, to take the limits off and expect the unusual, expect the uncommon. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some in here are seeking direction concerning maybe a job, concerning even maybe relocating, concerning a relationship. And you just have been saying over and over and over, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Stop saying that, says the Spirit of the Lord, and begin to say, He enlightens my darkness. Ha right. <laughs> ha. Woo. I see what I need to see. I hear what I need to hear. And I'll do what I need to do. Ha ha ha. I am another way to say it is I'm expecting direction. Have an expectation for direction. Ha 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 ha. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Let this word you've heard today just settle down in your heart right now. Just just pray for a few moments. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead and do that. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us.